Hi, everyone. Uh, Andrew here. Just a little note to say this is an episode of Yo Can We Live, our premium show, suboptimalpods.com to subscribe if you feel like it, um, that we did with Tracy Thomas, who is the host of the Stacks podcast. And I honestly felt very honored or lucky, I guess, to be able to get uh, basically an amazing reading list consultation. Uh, and since uh, we are all uh, traveling and in various parts of the world and unable to record an episode this week, we thought uh, we would uh, release this for y'all. So here's uh, an episode of Yo Can We Live? And we will be back with your regularly scheduled racism next week. Thanks. Okay, sorry. Now it's the fun show, and we still have Tracy Thomas. Yay! Yay! To, to some listeners, I guess it's we. There's time for us. It's still, but you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's been at least a day. If you listen to yeah. the free show the day it came out, and you listen yeah. to this the day it came out, there's been a day where you've not heard Tracy. Yeah. It's Unless so you listen to her show in between. For you. What a bummer! What a tough day. Thursdays yeah. blow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, thanks for doing this show with us. This is the I'm fun excited. show. I love fun. I yeah, love fun. Yeah. <laughs> you, you strike me as someone who loves fun, and we don't have to talk about racism, although Andrew always manages to. Um, mm. So, you know, it's allowed. <laughs> it's a problem. Andrew, <laughs> I'm with you. If I can get through a conversation without talking through racism, it is a yeah. shock, and I'm probably ordering <laughs> ice cream at Jenny's. <laughs> oh, I could find a way. We could make it, we could make it happen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, too many blonde uh, alabaster. I don't know. The flavors of ice cream are named a little uh, <laughs> awkwardly to me. Sometimes you'll hear some flavors that I'm like, I don't like this. I'm not mm-hmm. wild about this. That's true. I don't like this dark swirl, whatever. I don't know. They're just... Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> ice cream canceled. You're on notice, ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Andrew, last week we had um, just me, Matt Apodaca, and Kevin. We didn't really have any... Did we do any segments? Did we have a Chicago corner? Did we have anything? Uh, we talked about our grandma's thoughts on our hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a normal show. Just a regular uh, normal show. <laughs> just chilling, chilling with Matt. That's Matt mm-hmm. brings that kind of energy. Yep. My only tea on the mountain up here is that uh, here in Vancouver, I'm working on Space Force season two and the cast went out to dinner again. I think we're gonna like keep this a regular thing doing these like very breezy spring patio dinners. And afterwards we went for a little walk and it was kind of like a populated park area. And as we're walking, it's me, Diana Silvers, Ben Schwartz, Jimmy O. Yang um, and Don Lake. And a woman walks by and points at us and goes, you're great. And Diana and I both look at her and she goes, no, and points at Ben and goes, you're great. (laughs) You're like, oh, well, fuck us. And then two minutes later, a woman runs up to Jimmy with her phone and it's a picture of his own face and goes, are you this guy? (laughs) And he's like, yeah. And then they took a picture. But I was like, what a way to get recognized. Someone running up with their phone, with your face on their phone going, are you this guy? (laughs) That's pretty strong. And he said yes. I would have been like, no. Mm -hmm. I don't know him. Who is yeah. that? Yeah, maybe he could have gotten away with that. I don't know. I don't know that 
when someone's holding a picture of you, I don't know that you can get away with saying, no, that's not me. <laughs> I would try. <laughs> I'm so anti. <laughs> Are any of you into sports? Are any of you guys sports people? I'm not really. Not. Andrew, a little oh. bit. Okay, well, there's a very famous sort of. basketball player and his name, he he's, doesn't play anymore, but he's an older guy. His name is uh, Bill Russell. Mm-hmm. And he's very famous and look him up. But okay. his, he <laughs> and looked, it's ridiculous that we don't know him, right? Yeah, like he's like very, very famous. Yeah, he was like the Michael Jordan <laughs> of his time. Anyways, he still goes to basketball games all the time. And my dad looked so much like Bill oh, Russell. Wow. And we <laughs> have... When, when we were younger, we had really great seats to the Warriors games. And so there was one time where this guy like came up to my dad. And my dad was tall. He was like 6'1". Not Bill Russell tall. Bill Not Russell's tall like enough. seven feet. Right, right, but right. sitting down in really yeah, good seats at a Warriors game, this guy yeah. comes up to my dad and is like, are you Bill Russell? And my dad was like, yep. And he was oh, like, yeah. will you sign this thing? And my dad said, yep. <gasps> and my dad signed this guy's thing as Bill Russell. And so this guy thinks some guy in the world thinks he met Bill Russell. Wow. And he really met Chico Thomas. And you know what? Oh. My dad is my hero. <laughs> that is, I mean, honestly, rather than trying to convince someone you're not and let them down, let that guy yeah. have a nice day. He had a moment where he was like, I met Bill Russell and he was such a nice guy. He signed this thing for me. <laughs> like, if you ever see him in public, you should definitely go up to him. He's super chill. Oh, see, and you're doing a you're doing a nice gesture for Bill Russell. You're making him, you know, you're Mm -hmm. furthering his good reputation. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm all for lying. Yeah, (laughs) that's the moral of the story. Actually, I was going to say tiny chance this guy tries to resell the autograph and gets in trouble. But that's even better. That's actually justice. Yeah, you shouldn't resell that. That should be for you. Yeah, that Bill Russell piece is worth so much. You should keep it for you and your family and generations to come. The, kid, <laughs> the guy's like great grandson is going to be like, my dad, my great grandpa has this Bill Russell thing and it's going to be on Antiques Roadshow. And they're going to be like, this ain't it. Pal. This isn't real. Oh, this family secret will, come, will bring them down. Um, okay, so now we have to move to the real reason we have Tracy here. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. we have Tracy here because we love her. But the real reason is to fix Andrew. Is that mm-hmm. what we're calling it? Just fix mm-hmm. Andrew? Mm-hmm. Fix, fix my shit up. Fix Andrew, uh, please. Um, well, what happened, uh, as I said on the on uh, the free show, is, um, yeah, I, I had a troubling, like, truly just, like, staring at my bookshelf at some point during pandemic and was like, this is bad. This is bad what is on here. Um, part of it, too, actually, was I had, like... Um, like just generally like been like, and, and this is a little bit just the culture, but it's a little bit how many white people were on there in the first place, which was like, mm. oh shit, like Megan Daum is basically gone all right. I should probably, I don't want <laughs> to have this book on my shelf anymore. And like oh. all these, all these Richard Dawkins books, he's been all right or just right, hard right forever. <laughs> and I was like, why do I own this shit? So yeah. I was doing a little, a little bit of that cleaning. And, and then I was like, I'm not reading enough. Anyway, you know, medium story long. I I was like, I actually cannot read anything by a white man until sure. I have I have fixed my bookshelf, and then <laughs> so that that's a little bit of the genesis. And then the other thing though is what happened is like I'm I'm kind of almost like doing a bad job also because so for instance, uh, one thing that I did earlier this year is I read Giovanni's Room because. Mm. Um, you know, I was just behind on uh, James Baldwin. And then I like ordered all of his books, <laughs> which is not a good way to like, you can't 
do that. Right, right. Um, so so that's the other part is like, I'm like, it's almost like like baseball cards or comic books or something. I'm like, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, I kind of, I you know, not I kind of like, but I like one thing. And then I'm like making myself smoke the whole carton of like one author, which is like, right, right. (laughs) That ain't no way to read. How how did I not? I stopped learning how to read probably when I became a professional enough writer that like it felt like work. That was going to be one of my things. Like, Tracy, do you in all your travels and talks with people, do you encounter people like Andrew and kind of like myself to an extent up until maybe like two years ago when I like actively tried to fix this problem? Because we read so much for work, like all of our scripts and it's so much fiction, it's like reading is work. So then to do it for fun feels insane sometimes. Do you have you run into people like that or do you have advice for that? Well, I feel like one of the things we're talking about is reading books specifically because reading is reading. So like if you're a person who reads the newspaper, you're reading, you know, like I think a lot of people think that, oh, I don't read because I don't read books. But like, no, you're read. I mean, I tell people if they read Twitter and they're reading articles and stuff, they are reading. I mean, Mm. the the quality of what you're reading, of course, is a conversation that we could have. But, sure. <laughs> um, but the reading is the reading. But yeah, I think if you read scripts, I mean, I think actors are some of the most well-read people that I know in the sense, or not well-read, but people who read the most, I should say. Like they're yeah. constantly reading, reading We sides, got the most reading. mileage on it, yes. for sure. <laughs> they read a ton, but they don't read a ton of books, I feel, um, based on my knowledge of actors. Um, You're correct. But so yeah, I do run into people, but I also talk to a lot of authors and most authors do read a lot of books, though there are some authors who write not as good books because they don't read books. And mm, sure. They're like, this is the book that needs to be in the world. And I'm like, this book exists by someone better than you, but okay, <laughs> go off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I definitely run into people who who don't read literature for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, Andrew, what is like... How do you like to get a book recommend? Do you like to go, hey, this is something I like. Give me a better version of that. Or do you just want to be like, I want to feel like this? Mm. Um, My instinct is probably that what I like is not a good way to approach it. Because (laughs) that, I suspect, has led me to the bookshelf that I have. Um, Hmm. For instance... Well, so I just I just actually read Minor Feelings, which we talked about in the the free show. And Yoke... Yolk. Uh, oh, Yolk. yeah. By Mary H.K. Choi. I yeah. love her so much. She Which was on actually, the podcast. Isn't it I, a good yeah, book? I saw that. It is a really great book. It is one of those books, I think. I believe at one point she tried to, because I know her a little bit from New York, and she tried to send me a review copy, and or that she had, you know, put the, the publisher on whatever right, right, that right. big list. And it arrived like having fallen out of the packaging. Oh no. And I just you know, Aww. so the book was not there, the package and like a little card was there, but you know, something something it got, you know, the, oh. the package got damaged in transit. And I because I'm an idiot, was just like, well, I'll just buy it later. And then I like put it off for so long. So um I guess Mary and the off chance you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I never read it when I was supposed to. <laughs> Well, it's so good. Um, I loved it. It was really great. Yeah. Yeah. But it is also like probably, uh, is it something I quote wouldn't be interested in? I That's I a book that I would so. not be interested in. Maybe. If someone told yeah. me to read that book, I would be like, no. But yeah. I love, I think she's great. And I'd read one of her other books and I loved it. But that is not yeah. my vibe. So if that's what you're interested in, you have the wrong person here. 
<laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's that's the thing, though, is like, you know, if I if I look at my bookshelf of like this kind of like funny ish, like hipster lit from the mid 2000s when you know what? I also realized I have so many of those books because that's when I had the most friends who were assistants at publishing companies. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Sure, so sure. I was just getting shoveled books like that. And I was like, I what am I doing? So some of it's not your fault. I'm going to ask you some book intake questions to get a vibe, <laughs> a sense of what you like. Uh-huh. Are you interested in fiction or nonfiction or a mixture? I think I, well, so right. I think I am interested in reading more nonfiction, but I am, okay. uh, well, and I guess like I get narrative nonfiction, like yeah. Minor Feelings is probably more stuff than I'm able to make it through more than like a, Academic text. histories or okay. things like mm. that. That being said, uh, speaking of books that I like really should not have on my bookshelf at least anymore, like all those like Richard Dawkins books, the science books, not the sociological books or opinions that he has. Um, I did really like those as a child. So you like readable, like you want it to be super readable. I guess so, but that makes, I, I'm like... I, I, yeah, I'm second guessing myself. No, don't second guess it. One of the things, one of the pieces of advice that I always give people who are trying to get back into reading, mm-hmm. like for pleasure, is to put down books that you don't like right away and to mm. read what you want to read right away. Because if you are trying to read something that you think you should be reading, you're not mm-hmm. going to read it. So if mm-hmm. you like books that are narrative nonfiction, there's so much good narrative nonfiction. Like I'm going to, I can lean towards that. Right, but if right, you right. like, if you like something that is, you know, X, Y, and Z, I'm going to try to push things in your direction that feel like that. I mean, I can give you a list of books that I think you should read that are by not white men, but also like, I want you to actually read the books and like them and be excited about yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. Do you um, like any like genre fiction? Is that at all like romance, sci-fi? Is any of that interesting to you? Well, Thriller? I, again, this was like sort of felt work related, but yeah, I've, I read like, you know, like all the Expanse books because I was like, this is very fun. I guess I did read just for pleasure uh, all those like China Mieville, um, insane steampunk books. They're very good, oh, but they're very yeah, like. So this oh, sorry, is kind of in like a. Oh no, I was just gonna say like the Expanse and like steampunky stuff. It's in. It's sort of lean sci-fi. I mean, the Expanse is sci-fi, yeah, but yeah. even steampunk. You're, you're, in other words, you're not going for fantasy, romance, kind of, you know, oh, feel-good, magical realism but things. But I think, I, think like... I would. But those, bo- those books are sort of paced like television or, or like, sure. especially The Expanse. The Expanse is like, c- could not be more transparently. We wrote this because we thought it could be a TV show. And it was, um, right? Oh, Did yeah. They make it a show? Yeah. <laughs> but they it's sure like a have. huge show. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about yeah. huge. Okay, let me ask you one more book-related question. Since Because we're focusing on the anti-identity of the author, we don't want Mm -hmm. white men, are there any identities of the author that you're particularly interested in or any topics that you're particularly interested in? Well, I'm like, for instance, actually, like reading Giovanni's Room, I was like, right, I'm like woefully under-indexed on like queer anything, it feels like. Um, But then it's right. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I think I'm like up for whatevs, okay. truly. Okay. Should I just start giving recommendations yeah, based on this? Yes. Okay. Uh, 
Oh, am okay. I actually going to start writing shit down we, during a podcast? We wound her up, and now she's ready to go. I yes, know, I'm Andrew, ready write to go. it down. Oh, and right, and listeners, write up. it down. This is free advice. I and once I give you a recommendation, will you just tell me if that sounds like you or not like you so I can, like, recalibrate my brain? <sighs> the algorithm okay. can adjust. Okay, yeah. fine. I don't... I, I, I'm trying to, um like... Take take your actual advice in the spirit of like just read the stuff you like, but I'm really just like I truly I'm so like down on my bookshelf that I'm like Bye. oh no I'm gonna give you new recommendations yeah, yeah, like we're yeah. not we're going non white guy but yeah, I just yeah. feel like I want to try to get it in a place where I think you'll like it yeah, so yeah. that you know what I mean like because no, I, I can recommend some great books but if you're not interested in, yeah, like, yeah what's the point no, teenagers I, I hear you. like whatever then let's not do yeah. that I, um okay. I'm I'm with you. I'm stealing myself for how much I hate my brain. And I'm going to wipe that all, right. all away. And I'm simply going to read these books. Okay. So my first recommendation is in response to Richard Dawkins' science mm. stuff. It's a book that came out this year. It's called The Disordered Cosmos. And it's by Chanda Prescott-Weinstein. She is a Black, agender, Jewish, theoretical physicist, PhD, badass motherfucker. Um, And she has written this book. I think I have it right here. I do. I have it right here. (laughs) It's gorgeous. Just so you, I don't know if you guys can see it. Oh, Oh, yeah. It's gorgeous. And the subtitle is A Journey into Dark Matter, Space Time, and Dreams Deferred. And here's why I'm recommending it. One, science. Two, the first four sections are like some real fucking physics, science, deep, shit that I was skimming, I was Googling, Mm -hmm. I was not understanding much. The second half of the book is, because she also teaches feminist theory at the at the university where she teaches, I think, in New Hampshire. So it's mm-hmm. also about race and science and gender and sexuality and how all of these things play together. Like the idea of naming something dark matter and what that means politically. Right, right, right. So it's yeah, about wow, like the yeah. politics of capital S science. And she obviously comes into it with a super interesting positionality. She's also disabled. Like there's just so much stuff where she's approaching the world of science in both a super sciencey academic way and also a very political, you know, woman who falls into all the categories of marginalization in America right now, especially in a space like the, you know, the ivory tower of science. So I feel like this might hit on racism, got it in? Yeah, yeah. And and science. Does this sound like you? Um, Yeah, probably, yes. I think... I think this will be, that really sounds interesting. I will say the Richard Dawkins stuff is literally from like 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't so. understand half the science in this book. And by half, I mean 10% of it. Um, yeah. So I, I I highly encourage skimming the beginning if you start to feel stuck because the second sure. half is really interesting. No, like, that sounds fucking great. Yeah. Sweet. I have a question. Yes. It sounds good for me too. I'm wondering if that's the sort of thing that would be okay to listen to as an audiobook, or do you think the terminology is too dense and I should hmm. have it visual? I did not listen to it. I only read it. Um, so it's hard for me to know because that's so dependent on the narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will say is, you know, shameless plug, Chanda was on the stacks and mm-hmm. it was a great interview. So if you want like maybe a primer to it and to get a better sense of her, I would maybe listen to that episode before. There's no spoilers. Also, okay. she's a fantastic follow on Twitter. 
Um, oh, cool. She's so smart right and interesting. Now. She always has really, uh, some of the shit, she goes into the science stuff and I'm like, bitch, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> a lot of the other stuff is really interesting. Um, uh-huh. I bet the audiobook is good. I think I would probably want to stick to the page though, just because it's pretty dense and I would probably have to pause and rewind, at least in the beginning. Sure. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That's great um, advice. Okay. So yeah, that's I, I will just say, I also fully, I don't think I've ever actually listened to an audiobook, like a full mm, one. That's okay. a whole I've other had, thing. The Patty yeah. Lapone, her um, autobiography from like 10 years ago that she yeah. reads. I know you don't care about Broadway and musicals, but it is so mm. entertaining because she is bonkers. She's bonkers. Actually, it's just like a wild woman yelling stories at you for hours. <laughs> this, this has, this shook loose my one memory of listening to an audiobook. Uh, another, which was, this is, I'll just say it, but it's actually humiliating what I'm about to say. I did find it amusing. I liked it. I liked the book also, but again, that was teenage Andrew. Um, it was Matthew Perry from Friends reading Douglas Copeland's Microsurfs. Wow. Uh, wow. That is which a real do- fucking choice. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> really? I think that was literally the only, the only audiobook I've ever listened to. Um, it was real. Yeah. Do you listen to a lot of audiobooks, Tracy? Do I? I do I? Yeah, I listen. Uh, probably like twenty five percent of the books I read, I listen to. Yeah. Mm. Um, and generally for me, my rule is it has to be read by the author if I want if I'm yep. going to listen to it, and it has to be nonfiction, usually memoir or something close mm. to memoir, like essays. Mm. Otherwise, I would prefer to read it off mm-hmm. the page. But that's just for me. So a lot of people love fiction on mm-hmm. audio. I can't do it. I just get yep. distracted. Yeah. Um, but great audiobook. Trevor Noah's audiobook is great yeah. because he's a, such a good performer. Um, it, it's almost like, yeah, it, it's great. If you're interested in audiobooks or want to try an audiobook, that is the audiobook I would start with. Also, Not yeah. a White Man. Right. Um, okay, I have another book for you that is out on June 1st. I just finished Dope. it today, and I think it is bomb.com, and I think it fits in some of your sci-fi but not like fantasy vibes. It's called Long uh-huh. Division. Ooh. It's by Kiese Lehman, who wrote the book Heavy, which is one of my most favorite books. Kiese is one of my most favorite authors. Um, he is a black man from Mississippi. He is probably one of our best living writers right now, if you ask me. Wow. He's so incredible. His memoir is also fantastic on audio and fantastic on the page. I've done both so good. But this book, Long Division, so this background story to this book is that this is Kiese's first book. He wrote it in like 2013 or 14, published it with an independent publisher with another book of his, his book of essays. He got a really shitty deal. Like he sold both books for $8,000, I believe. Mm -hmm. He then went on to write this. And then he then went on to promote these books. They sold over 50,000 copies, which is a lot of copies for a book. And he then sold his memoir to a major publisher. He was so like, he's talked about this, but he was so embarrassed and like, destroyed over what happened to his first two books that he went to buy them back and he just bought them back for a lot of money um, and he re-released them. So the essay collection is called How to Slowly Kill Yourself and Others in America, also great, came out last year and Long Division comes out June 1st. So it's the re-release revised version of the first book. Um, and I only say that because if someone goes to buy it right now, the book that you would get is the old one. And I'm encouraging folks to buy the new one. So oh, sure. it comes out June 1st. Oh. So you can pre-order it now. But I just want folks to know the cover that you're looking for is the black cover. Um, but okay. about the book, and it is so good. It is 
I, I can't even explain it. It's really weird and great, but it's these young kids. It's not YA, but it's about like high school kids who there's like, I can't, I don't want to give anything away, but there's some time travel <laughs> element. There are these black kids in Mississippi. It's written. It's really funny really funny. And there's time travel. So they go to 1985, 1964, and 2013. And it's teenagers time traveling in a really cool, smart way. And, you know, the ideas in the book are about like, um, like people who disappear and family and love and how, you know, writing and creating can make people disappear or make people appear and like what that means and and the use of language. It's just some really good stuff. I also think, Andrew, you'd like it because you are a writer and it kind of feels like a book that writers will like because it's about creating with sentences. But mm-hmm. he's also just such a good writer. Um, and I don't like fiction very much. So when I say that I love a fiction <laughs> book, that should go far for yeah. people. This is true. Since I've known Tracy, who has a book podcast, doesn't like fiction. Um, I'm just looking at the description of it and I'm like hooked. A dazzling literary debut. It bends time in a narrative extending from the mid 60s to the early 80s to present day. It says it's Twain-esque. I mean, I like I I kind of love weirdly love Twain type. I just I think you'll love this book too, Tawny, because you, like me, are a Black person who doesn't necessarily fall into the stereotypes of Blackness. And Kiese mm. is obsessed with Black people being weird and, like, having mm-hmm. the space to be weird. So this book is full of a bunch of weird, stinky 12, 13, <laughs> 14-year-olds. And, like, that's so thrilling to me. You know, like, to have a book yeah. about any group of marginalized people or whatever you want to call us that is about us being weird and like sort of normal and boring and talking about our breath. And like, there's a part where he says the phrase chunky vomit he's used to describe (laughs) something. And it's like, it's so evocative and great. And like, it's not, it's just, I I highly, highly recommend. Oh, that Um, sounds amazing. I am now, look, I'm getting, you're fixing Andrew's shelves, but I'm getting blessings as well. Yeah, everyone, bless book blessings for everyone. Oh, you wanted to do more in the queer, queer experience landscape, not white men. Okay. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. And all, but also, that's just by way of example, I feel like. No, no, it's of like course. So I'm much, just so yeah. much shit. It's like, there's under, so I'm much. Like, yeah. 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 There's yeah. so much stuff. Okay. There's a fantastic memoir called How We Fight for Our Lives by Saeed Jones. Um, he is, mm. he wrote for BuzzFeed. He's an author. He's a poet. It's his memoir. It's so good. Um, it's super slim. I don't, I don't even think it's 200 pages. I think it came out in 2019. It was one of the best things I read that year. It's, he's a black gay guy from Texas and it's about him and his relationship with his mother. And it's just really beautifully written and really emotional. Um, so that is sort of a no brainer one. Another black queer memoir that's very different, but also um, in the same, you know, black queer man space would be Darnell Moore's book called um, No Fire in the Ashes. He's from Camden, New Jersey. So one of the things that I like to do is read a lot of books on a similar topic by people who like have shared identities to see how different Mm. things can be. So Mm -hmm. these books are sort of, in. I I use the phrase like in conversation. They kind of, if you wrote it down on paper, they sound identical. And yet, of course, they're so different and like their writing styles are different. And you also just get to see like, you know, we are not a monolith, whatever the we is, you know? So that's one I highly recommend. 
I'm also, I should just say for the listeners, I am nodding like a maniac. <laughs> this, uh, yeah, he's Zoom into it. I'm like, that's not coming off. No, no, Andrew's into it. Um, Tracy, how do you feel about like Goodreads? Like sometimes I use that because I, use I can tell it. You use a yeah. lot? Okay. I use it all the know. time. That's how I track my reading. So like if you uh-huh. follow me on Goodreads, I always, I rate everything that I read. And as soon as I finish the book, like within a minute, I will write uh-huh. down my initial thoughts. And they're usually like really you. shitty sentences, like good, loved characters, stinky kids, really fun <laughs> sci-fi. Like that's what I just wrote down for long division. Um, uh-huh. And then I write like full flesh reviews on my Instagram. But that's what I use just to remember what I was thinking when I finished a book. I know that they're owned by Amazon and some people hate them. So if you want an alternative, oh, there's I also see. a company called The Story Graph, which is owned by a black woman that oh, just okay. launched this year. And the only reason I don't use it is because they're missing some of the functionality that I want. But once they get everything together, because you can transfer your whole Goodreads library to them, I probably will transfer over. Got it. But I love Goodreads. Andrew, I had one for you. It's got queer themes and it um, part of it takes place in Hong Kong and part of it takes place in Dublin. So it's like very cross-cultural. Um, it's called Exciting Times. And it's just kind of about like, it's sort of about not great people. Like no one in the story is like <laughs> a good like hero. Everyone's just kind of like a fuck up. Everyone's kind of like in their early 20s, like relationship shit. But through the kind of casual, sorry, that's by. Yeah, instead of writing stuff down, I simply have the website to my local bookstore, Stories Cafe in mm-hmm. Echo Park. And I'm just buying these. Oh, <laughs> good. Yay. I'll just, it'll just be easier. And this is for the IRS, so we are making content with these books. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if this breaks your rule. I think I thought this was by a writer from Hong Kong, but it is by an Irish woman, I guess because it centers this Irish woman. But anyway, there's so much in it. It takes place in Hong Kong, and there's so much about it Mm -hmm. that is cultural that it feels like it feels like a book by an Asian person. So that's a little bonus white, for you. White women count. Again, it was <laughs> it was chucking this Megan Down memoir that I was like, oh, just a lot of whites. But it, not very it. many women. Not very many women either. My bookshelf is shameful. It's okay. <laughs> There's no shame. At least you have books, you know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. At least you have books. That's a great way to put it. I have another book that is none of the things that you asked for, except for Not by a White Man, but it's so good. And I think that you might like it. It's a novel. Um, It's called There, There by Tommy Orange. Yes. It came out Mm. in 2018. Kevin, you know it? Yeah. It's good, right? Yeah. Tommy's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Um, It's so, so many books about Native American people are about like people living on a reservation or like Mm -hmm. people out like riding horses, like really stereotypical gross shit. Tommy Orange is Native American. He writes about Native folks in Oakland, California, which is where I'm from. It's super urban. It's about like Native Americans all getting ready to go to this powwow at, um, at the Oakland Coliseum, like this huge annual powwow. And Mm. it's really, it's like very fast paced. My only disclaimer for the book is if you're reading it, you may want to actually get out a piece of paper and write about the characters because they all intersect and it's kind of confusing who's connected to who a little bit. There's no like Mm -hmm. web at the beginning. And my sister-in-law told me to do that. And I'm so glad she did because there was a point (laughs) like like two thirds into the book where I was like, wait, who the fuck? And I was like, oh, let me go to my web. Um, Mm -hmm. But it is so good. It's very fast paced. I like plot a lot. I'm not a super character person. And what I like about this book and Long Division is that there's lots of character development, but there is like a pushing plot to keep the book Mm. going, which Mm -hmm. is also like the book we read, um, Tawny, Homefire. There's a lot of character in that book, but there's also like a 
like it feels like a ticking time bomb, like moving yeah. forward in the plot. Um, well, because it was, um, what was it? It was Antigone. It's Antigone, it's Antigone, Antigone sorry. Yeah. Yeah, when I was on the stacks, we read Home Fire by Camilla Shamsey and it uh, it was good. I just, I, I wish I'd known that it was, I didn't like read the synopsis or anything. Right. So I didn't know it was uh, an interpretation or whatever you call that. So then when it ended exactly like Antigone, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, you were like, <laughs> I feel like this is a familiar story. I was like, yeah. yes, it's Antigone. <laughs> I was like, um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but it has that, that same like plot character, like a lot of plot mm-hmm. character going on. Um, I'm okay. kind of the opposite. I think because I'm an actor, I'm like all character. I just want like, like that book mm-hmm. I recommended, Exciting Times. I could not tell you what the plot is. It's You're just watching these people like stew in their behavior. And I love it. We're opposite. Sure. <laughs> yes, I think that we're definitely opposite there. Okay, really good narrative I will just say from the writer, character, story, stories, character. Sorry, go ahead. I agree. Oh, I think when okay. it's done well, I think when it's done well, especially in books, the character and the plot work together. But so often I think authors approach books as like, this book is about plot or this book is about character. Mm -hmm. So usually the fiction that I like is really good because there's a marriage of plot and character. Mm -hmm. Okay, here is a narrative nonfiction book that is one of my all-time favorites. I have no idea if you're interested in this at all, but it is. it won the Pulitzer Prize in nonfiction. So like, I'm not saying anything new, but it's called (laughs) Blood in the Water. It's by Heather Ann Thompson and it's about the Attica prison uprising. In 1971, this year will be the 50th anniversary in September. So it's like a very good book to read in September. So you can just feel haunted. Um, I did not know a lot about this history. The book is basically unput downable. Like it'll send shivers up your spine. I had nightmares when I, in the beginning part of the book, because I was like haunted by the way that she describes the actual like uprising part of it. Um, It, it's so unfortunately um, still relevant in a really wild way, like the way that prisoners are treated still to this day, even though it was 50 years ago. It also brings together a ton of characters from recent American history, like journalists and um, activists, because they were all called to Attica as like witnesses to what was going on, which I didn't know much of the history, but it's just such a good book. Heather Ann Thompson's also a white woman, but I find her positionality to be super interesting. She's a lawyer and she's an Mm -hmm. activist. She's actually working on the book about the move bombing in Philadelphia that just had an anniversary a few weeks ago. Um, And she's a fantastic writer and storyteller. And it's just, that's the book that actually made me want to start the podcast. That was the book that I read and I wanted to talk about it with other people. And I didn't know anybody who wanted, who knew enough about Attica, like older people who remembered it versus, and I didn't know any young people who had read it. And when I went to try to find a podcast episode, there was, like one really smart like New Yorker or something and I was like I'm too dumb for this and then there was an episode of Heather Ann Thompson on a lawyer podcast talking about the legality of it and I was like there needs to be a podcast where dumb people like me talk about books a lot Um, (laughs) but so this book is very close to my heart and I've still never talked about it on the show and I've still never talked to Heather Ann Thompson but um, I love it so much and email her let's get her on the show she's actually signed a book for me we are like we know of each other but we've never I'm gonna I'm gonna ask her I'm gonna try to get her on for the anniversary in September. Um, But anyways, I just, I think it's such a good book and, and it's also just like, it's a wild piece of American history. Like it's so crazy. Um, I don't know if you're into like American history moments like that, but it's narrative, super narrative. Yeah. I, I wonder, cause I, I think I'm not like against, um, I, I, I tend not to think of it as, you know, I like this X or Y genre or topic. I think it's, I'm realizing 
as I'm talking, it is just like, I like things that I can read. Right. You like good like, books. Yeah. Well, no, because I, I do dislike good books sometimes. And okay. I like a lot of bad books, I think. Okay. Not dislike, but I'm just like, it's just like, like, I think it, it is more about the writing style to like get me through it. Okay. And I think mm-hmm. I can kind of read ev- anything. Okay. Okay. Um, given a sufficiently, uh, <laughs> like breezy. Style. Right, right, right. Sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm realizing. Do you have any interest in adoption? Transracial adoption? Does that interest so you? So I at think all? that's the thing. Like, not really, but I okay. think I could read a book about it. <laughs> There's a great book by this woman, Nicole Chung. She's Korean, uh, was adopted into a very white family in a very white part of Oregon or Seattle or, or Oregon or Washington or something. And she's a fucking incredible writer. And it's her memoir about finding her Korean family. And it's really good and super emotional. Um, and mm. I highly recommend it. But it's sort of it's sort of a moodier book. Um, it's a yeah. lot of it's a memoir, so it's a lot about her internal feelings, but it's it's really good. Um, there's yeah. also a book on immigration that came out last year called The Undocumented Americans by Carla Cornejo Villavicencia, Villavicencio. And it's really interesting and very not very stylized, a little stylized. Um, I believe she's oof, I'm gonna fuck this up. I believe she's from Ecuador. Um, and her parents and her are all undocumented uh, immigrants into America. And so what she does is she writes a little bit memoir about herself, but she also writes, she also kind of embeds herself in these undocumented communities and tells other Mm. people's stories. And it's not like dreamers. It's not... Um, exceptional immigrants. It's like right. the people who are day laborers, the people who work in restaurants. Her father was a food delivery, like muffin delivery person in New York City, high rise <laughs> buildings, you know, like the people who bring the coffee in the morning. That was right. his job. And she's talking about how, you know, a $20 tip was a huge deal to him and what that means and what that looks like. And her brother was born in America and what that means to their family versus her being born outside of America. And she talks to someone who is um, in a in sanctuary in a church um, from immigration authorities. And it's it's just a really, everyone who I've ever recommended it to, we did a whole episode on the podcast about it and Carla came on the podcast and everybody I've ever recommended the book to, it changes the way that, they think about the conversation about immigration. Um, and it's oh, wow. it's Great. super focused on um, immigrants from uh, Latin America, from, from Central and South America. I think that's her focus. That's her lane. That's who she is. And I think, you know, there's a lot more conversations to be had about the way that mm-hmm. immigration looks depending yeah. on how you look. But um, it's a really interesting place to... To, it's a really interesting way to read about immigration. Um, and her writing is incredible. I mean, she's a fucking kill, like, killer writer. Like, her sentences are so strong. Um, and she's young. She, I think she's at Yale oh, now getting too. a degree, but she's only like oh, maybe, tw- like, she's only maybe 28 <laughs> at the most. But I want to say wanna she's I want to hear like about children writing good books. <laughs> yeah, it's very annoying. It's very annoying. But she's great. Um, and she is queer. And that checks a box. Though mm-hmm. it's not really about that at all, but that's just, you know. <laughs> I sort of feel like people's identities inform their work, even if it has nothing to do with it. But yeah. I also sort of, of feel like silly being like, let me check this box. Um, yeah. But but I think that that is a thing. That is the, like, even the Richard Dawkins of it, right? It's right. like, even in there, you see, like, the atheism start to turn into anti-Islam over everything else. And right. it's like... And turn into just like, you know, the 
regular white guy racist that he probably always was. But I'm like, yeah, mm. it's in there as well. And and that is part of why I'm trying to like, even the stuff that's not about that, I would love to yeah. emphasize that. Yeah, a thousand Have yeah. you ever read any Toni Morrison? Like in school. Like okay. in Read Sula. It's so good. I feel like, okay, I haven't visited it since school, but I could not get through Sula, but really? I was also a child. Okay, I was read child. it again so because up. I read it last year for the show and I was like, holy shit, this book, like, fuck. Like I was, and I've read a little, I've only read two other of her books that I liked. Yeah. I read Beloved and The Bluest Eye because every year on the podcast, we do one Toni Morrison book. So last year mm-hmm. it was Sula and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wow. <laughs> like really impressed okay. by it. So that's my new go-to recommendation. And then, okay. oh, I have another book. Okay, another really good one. I'm literally just throwing books at you. You tell me if any of, I can't wait to hear if you read any of them. Um, this I is mean, one of my- I'm, I'm literally gonna, I'm buying all of them. So. I can't wait. And and I think that is the other motivation. <laughs> I'm just like having bought it, I will it read then, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be there looking at you. And all mm-hmm. the books I'm giving you besides Blood in the Water are not, huge books. Blood in the Water, when it came, was a surprise how big it was. And I <laughs> I probably read it the fastest of all the books I named. I put read it in four right, days. Right. It's like a 700-page book. I could not put right, it down. Right. Um, okay. This other one is called Stakes is High. It's by Michael Denzel Smith. I read it and listened to it. And if you look, I believe it came out in like October 2020, and I've already read it and listened to it. That's how much I loved it. Um, <laughs> and it's one of those books that's about America after 2016 election, but it's not in a shitty, annoying way. It's like actually dealing with what the election of Donald Trump meant and sort Mm -hmm. of what it means to, but bigger than that. It's like, it's connected to him, but it's really about like, what does it mean to be American? What is the American dream? What does it mean to be American when you don't believe in the American dream? Mm -hmm. What does it mean to have your identity connected to things that you think are absolutely horrible? like mass incarceration, you know, he's he's an active police abolitionist. So there's a lot of that. Um, and it's also very short. I think it's 160, 70 pages. Um, but it is, I, it's like, I hate to use this word because I feel like people do it all the time, but it's fucking searing. He right. just, it's like <laughs> punch after punch after punch after punch. He's just like, look, you know, he references Malcolm X, how Malcolm X was like, you know, I'm American, but I'm not American or like, I'm mm-hmm. not American for whatever. And he's like, actually, Malcolm X, you are American. Like, this is all part of being American. And like, we mm-hmm. have to reckon with that, even as people who don't agree with half the shit that's done in our name. And I just found it to be such an interesting read and such a well done book and and really provocative in a way for me as someone who thinks that like I'm anti-racist and I'm, (laughs) you know, defund the police and I'm this and I'm that. And it really made me reckon with like, what does that really mean? And how can I live that? Like it had me asking questions of like, if I don't believe in mass incarceration, then how am I dealing with the ways that I punish people in my personal life? You know, like Mm -hmm. shit like that. Um, And so highly, highly recommend um, that book as well. Oh, that sounds amazing. Andrew, you get all those books? Do you buy them all? (laughs) I think it's great. Uh, no, I literally am. Thank I now I feel like this has been like I I was the recipient of a tremendous gift of a like a true like a actual literary consult. 
Yeah, you were. Well, I feel like, like I should start no, doing this, so. like do a podcast. Yeah. Where I just you really recommend could. books, to like people. yeah, because then you you the questions you ask, like that narrows down. I can like see your brain ticking. You're like, okay, then we can go down this angle, and then if you don't like this, no, we this can do that. That's super truly helpful. is amazing. This is like thank you. You're so better than much. Goodreads. <laughs> can I do one more book that is not what you asked for at all, and of then I'll course. be done? Okay, <laughs> because this is the best book I read this year so far. Mm. Actually, one of the best. I, I, and anyway, I'm just going to do this one. It is by yeah. a white man. I'm sorry, but it is so oh, good. <laughs> it's called, it's literally not what you want, but you need to get it. It's sure. called Empire of Pain. It's about the Sackler family who create, who owns per- Purdue Pharma and created OxyContin. And oh, it's mm-hmm. all about that family. And the guy who wrote its name is Patrick Radden Keefe. He writes at the Oh, he did New Wind Yorker. of Change. He did Wind of Change. That was my favorite podcast of the year. Yes. Sorry, now this is a, a show standing this white dude. That <laughs> <I know>. podcast. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Oh my God, go ahead. No, it, he's great. Um, he was on the stacks last week. Uh, one of my favorite interviews. He was such a wonderful human. I loved him so much. I loved the book and then was like, I'm so nervous to interview him because sometimes when I have white right. men on the show, they're horrible. Yeah. And he was so great. Such a wonderful guy. But his storytelling in this book, if you want to talk about unputdownable nonfiction, this is that. It is mm-hmm. so good. You're literally, I mean, it's a book that'll make you hate a white family. So I feel like that's okay. You know, like if we're going to read a book by a white person, like this is the way to go. And he's a good one. Yeah. Winds of Change is about how um, the theory that the CIA created um, songs with the Scorpions to help uh, Berlin topple the the Berlin Wall. It's very complex, but it's really good. It's a good <laughs> investigative pod about the CIA. And I listened to the first episode and I was like, holy shit, I cannot wait to finish. <laughs> I like, um, burned through it. I, it's It's got so many weird twists. Anyway. It's so good. He's so good. Okay, I'm doing one more and then I'm done, I promise. I just thought of one more. <laughs> she can't one more. be stopped. Last one. I can't yeah. stop. You know, I love books. This is what I do all the time and I love giving book recommendations. This is one of the other books as my favorite book so far this year. It's called A Little Devil in America and it's by Hanif Abdurraqib. He is a music writer. He is a poet. Um, he is a black Muslim from Ohio. Um, he is so fucking cool. He wrote that book, um, They Can't Kill Us Till They Kill Us. And then he also wrote the book about um, a tribe called Quest called A Little Rain, something, something, A Little Rain. Anyways, okay. this book is all essays on black performance. So all Uh-oh. the essays revolve around different um, ways that black people perform either intentionally or not. There's a incredible. Tawny, I told you about this book. There's an incredible essay on Mary Clayton in this book. Oh, you did tell me about yes. this. Yes. It's and so fucking good. It's so list? good. There's an essay okay. on Beyonce. There's an essay on um, on these like dance-a-thons and Soul Train. There's an essay on um, Spades Games. There's an uh-huh. essay on Whitney Houston. There's an essay on black magicians. There's an essay on Josephine Baker, but it's really oh, interesting cool. because he originally he thought he was going to write about the consumption of black performance, so like kind of looking at it through a white lens, but because he's from Ohio, he talks about how Toni Morrison, who was like the queen of remove the white lens from your work. He's mm-hmm. like a disciple of her work. And so he went back in and like removed it cuz he was going to talk about like Justin Timberlake and how he took black performance and like white commodified it and instead Uh this book is like all about black performance um in a really interesting way that just removes white people from the narrative that is just that's really hard to do when you're talking about pop culture and he's Mm -hmm. such an incredible writer again the sentences are just bonkers so another book i love I love that. I love I love little essays too because then you can you know you just read some of them and maybe go on to something else you don't have to feel bad 
Yeah, exactly. Okay, <laughs> I think I did it. I feel thing. like I've gone way too over like time wise. It doesn't oh, matter. You nice. went above and beyond like recommendation wise. Yeah, so that's all that matters. Thank you so much. And Holy shit. I think shit. you gave so many good things that were so different. I'm just looking at I wrote everyone down and <laughs> the literal diversity of authors, like in terms of subject, in terms of gender, everything is amazing. So I think listeners will um, benefit from this as well. I can't yes, thank you I enough. hope so. And if you are looking for book recommendations, come to the Stacks Instagram page at the Stacks yeah. Pod. I review every single book that I read. Um, and that's about a hundred books a year for the last three years. And this year I am on track to hit that as well. Um, and one more little piece of advice for folks who are trying to diversify their reading. One of the things I recommend is that you do track your reading on a spreadsheet where you actually put down, um, people's ethnicity or like if you're looking or gender mm. or whatever, so that you can actually track what you're doing. And it doesn't have to just mm -hmm. be that. Like, for example, I track, what publisher the books come from because I like to make mm. sure that I'm, you know, reading as many books from big publishers mm. as I am from independent publishers. But oh, that helps to keep me like on track and to mm -hmm. know like, oh, I haven't read any books that were trans that were translated into English this year. Or I haven't read any books by any transgender or non-binary authors this year. Or I haven't mm -hmm. read any books by any Native American. So I just recommend folks who are trying to make a change in their reading life find a way to track their reading so that they can mm -hmm. hold themselves accountable and like get a sense of yeah. what they actually are reading. Right. That's smart. Actually, actually it. figure out if you're making a real change. Yeah. 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 Right. That makes lots of sense. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. Well, this is amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, thank I, you, guys. Normally, we have an excellency for the week, but I feel like our, all of our excellencies yeah. are just you and all of your amazing books. <laughs> these, these, are the, yeah. these are the excellencies for the week, is everything that Tracy just said. That's so funny. Yeah. I love it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you for giving us recommendations. Thank you for being on the yeah. difficult show where we talked about the hard yeah. shit. And thank you for being on the fun show, too. I hope this was fun. Is books fun? This is so books are fun. fun. Okay. This okay. is very exciting. It's fun to yeah. me. We're not but. talking about like, you know, terrible things happening in Palestine. So I'm having a great yeah. time. Yeah. Okay. Same thing. Um, same. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And she told you on the free show, but in case you missed it, or maybe you're just a stone cold freak who only listens to this one. And in which case, God bless. What um, are you doing? Who knows? But uh, her name is Tracy Thomas. She has a podcast called The Stacks. You can find her at The Stacks Pod on Instagram, at The Stacks Pod underscore on Twitter, The Stacks website, The Stacks Pod website. Stacks Podcast. Statuspodcast.com. All right. Yeah, I should have really streamlined, but you know, I they thought I was just making a podcast for myself and then all of a sudden people started listening. So who knows? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and the, the Stacks comes out every Wednesday. And uh, I recommend the chat with Ijioma Luo. That was really great. And um, you also mentioned a, a handful of other that were, that were awesome, yeah. but they're all good. They're all good. They're all good. And a lot of the people that I recommended books for you also have been on the Stacks because, again, I like to have books that I'm interested in on so I can talk about sure. things I'm interested in. So if you read any of these books, um, and also just for folks who are new to the show, if you're reading if you're reading a book and you're worried that there's spoilers, I will always put in the show notes if there's spoilers in the episode. Oh, that's so if there's no spoilers, you can listen to it before or after. But if there are spoilers, which is usually the book club, it'll say there are spoilers in this episode. So just know. a heads up. Listen in peace, dear listener. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you that's all. That's all we got. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you so much, Tracy. Thank you. And y'all remember, maybe you have, but call in with your things you want us to celebrate for this show. Nope. That's my phone number. Three. What? <laughs> Rewind it. 323-389-7223. Uh, everyone has to take a nap. I just started giving my phone number. Okay, goodbye, podcast. 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 This is about to